Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I talked with Hadi about how he's been able to lose over 200 pounds and transform himself into a power lifter while training with Mark and Chris Bell at the world-famous Super Training Gym. We also discussed a lot of other topics, such as how we both were able to um, overcome learning disabilities and the role that those learning disabilities played in our weight gain um, due to, you know, kind of being bullied and um, just needing something to make us feel better. So I think you guys are going to like this episode. It was a really, really interesting conversation, and he's just very inspiring. Make sure you guys check him out on Instagram. I will link uh, that in the show notes so you guys can check it out and also put it on Instagram. Here he is, Hadi. Hadi, what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks for being on the show. How are you today? I'm well. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I've had a had a weird day, had a, a weird work schedule, had to be up like 2.30 in the morning. So I had to come home and take a nap and get some coffee in me, get re-energized. I know what that's like, man. I, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning at, every day for work. So man. we got a similar work schedule. I know what that's like. Yeah, I completely understand. So uh, before we get too far in this, man, I want to uh, – I've been really inspired by your story, and there's a lot of similarities between – both of our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start off first by um, letting you tell your story and just kind of give the listeners like a glimpse into it. Um, sure. And first, just tell, just tell them how much weight you've lost total so they can just get a reference for this whole thing. In, in total now, I've lost 235 pounds. Holy smokes. Dude. All together. Amazing. Thank you, man. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank so you. with that, I will just let you uh, kind of roll with it and tell your story. So, you know, I, I've been heavy my whole life. Um, honestly, didn't know how to diet. You know, there's all kinds of diets. There's all kinds of fad diets. I've tried them all. You know, I've yo-yo dieted my whole life. I've, got, I've lost a lot of weight and I've gained a bunch of weight and even more than what I started off with, you know. Um, it really took to where I started feeling very ill, man. And uh, I just didn't know what was wrong with me. You know, I, I was getting up urinating um, four or five times in, in an hour. Even at nighttime, I'd be waking up uh, having to use the restroom. Where it got to where I wouldn't even drink any, any liquids at all, you know, from 6 o'clock on because I knew I'd have to wake up that many times. Um, my, my ex-wife at the time, you know, I didn't have a doctor to go to. I, I, it's been so long since I was at a doctor's office. She uh, found a doctor for me, went in and did my new uh, patient paperwork without me knowing. And uh, she came home one day and said, hey, you got a doctor's appointment on Monday. At that point, I couldn't say no. You know, so she did all the work for me. So uh, I go in and do my blood work and all that. And that was a huge wake up call for me, man. I knew about diabetes, but I just didn't know um, how exactly it worked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my blood sugar was in the 530 range, you know, and the doctor was telling me you should be in a diabetic coma. And I'm, and I'm like, okay. You know, I'm, I'm not processing all this at first until he started telling me, you know, I'm, I'm uh, borderline diabetic. My blood pressure, everything was just spiraled, you know. Basically, I dug myself a hole 
without, you know, even trying. So um, at that point, man, I'm zoned out. He's telling me, you know, my, uh, my whole life is basically going away. And I'm thinking about my daughter, you know, not seeing her going to the first grade. Um, I basically walked out of that doctor's office, man, with a giant wake-up call and a handful of prescriptions. You know, just like any doctor you go to, um, you walk in there and uh, everything's not normal. They're gonna, you're gonna walk out with some prescriptions so they get you back on track. I honestly sat in my car, man, and I'm just like thinking to myself, what, what the hell did I do to myself, you know? And uh, I went to the closest um, supplement shop, not to look for any supplements because there's no magic pill, you know? Nothing was gonna get my, my life back on track except myself. And, you know, there was a bodybuilder working there at the time. And I said to him, I said, hey man, I'm not looking for a magic pill. I just want to know what you eat so I can get healthy myself. So uh, basically, he put me on a bodybuilding diet. And what that is, is you're portioning out all your meals, everything, you know. Um, six meals a day, um, everything has to be a certain portion, certain calorie. Um, that started working, but I'm no bodybuilder, man. I'm, I'm not prepping for a show or anything like that. I'm never going to be a bodybuilder. So... I was so lost, man, thinking like, man, am I going to have to really weigh out all my food forever? Am I going to have to be on these prescriptions forever, you know? And uh, I'm sitting on my couch, man, and I come across the documentary, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Not sure if you heard of it, but, you know, Chris Bell. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Made, yeah, man, that, that changed my life forever. You know, I started watching the documentary, and, you know, in the intro – He's talking about how Mark had a learning disability and how he didn't feel so special in the special classes. Well, you know, growing up, man, I had a learning disability. I was in some of those special classes, and those don't make you feel special. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, having a learning disability and, and being heavy at, at a young age, you know, at that, at that point, the world's against you. You know what I mean? You're, you're not feeling very special. But um, I'm looking at this guy, Mark Bell, and I'm like, man, this guy's moving some fucking weight, you know? So I'm researching these guys, and I, and I realized these guys, all they do is eat meat. And, you know, basically it went from a keto carnivore diet, which I started learning about. They're just throwing away the bread. Um, so I, I started incorporating that, you know? And then my first, my family's like, hey, you're going to eat red meat? You know, that's bad for you, and you're trying to lose weight and get your health on track? I, I had to try it for myself, man. You know, mm -hmm. basically I switched my whole diet, trying to understand what keto carnivore was. That was, I didn't even know what that is at first. And, uh, yeah. So I started making a lot of pot roast and, uh, cooking up a bunch of eggs just to take with me to work. And, uh, the weight started flying off me, you know, in between this, um, year time frame, I didn't go to the gym once, man. I just wanted to focus on my diet. And then in between this whole time, um, uh, the doctor's just prescribing me more, more uh, prescriptions. Now, when that year hit, I had lost 191 pounds with no exercise, just focusing on my nutrition. So 191 pounds I dropped in one year. I go back to my final checkup, you know, that year checkup, and uh, he doesn't recognize me. And he starts looking at my uh, blood results. And he thinks there's something wrong with him. And uh, he has me do him again. 
And I go back one more time and he's like, he's blown away. He goes, man, you're so healthy now. You know, I thought there was something wrong with the blood results. Initially, I had to do them again. So at that point, I handed him back a, an envelope full of, full of prescriptions that he gave me. I didn't even turn in one. I wanted to see if I could do this, man, where I'm not on prescriptions forever. And I told him, you know, when I initially walked in here, you handed me all these prescriptions and you kept giving them to me, you know, monthly. And you never asked me how my diet was. You know, I didn't take any of these prescriptions. And, and so he asked me what I was eating. And I told him I'm eating basically red meat. He was blown away that my health went on track eating just red meat. Yeah. You know, initially red meat's bad for everybody. That's what we all learned since we were kids. Um, but that's kind of my story in a nutshell, how I lost the weight, you know, uh, discovering the Bell Brothers and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think one, so one thing that I guess a lot of people probably don't know about me is um, I actually um, grew up with a learning disability. I had like severe dyslexia, and that oh. re that really held me back with uh, like reading. Um, so I spent like a lot of time in, especially in like elementary school and stuff, yes. in um, like remedial classes and in specialized yes. classrooms and going to tutoring and all that kind of stuff and. So, I mean, I can, I'm completely uh, right there with you in that, you know, you, you know, they're special classes, but you feel singled yes. out because you have to leave the class with other kids. And then yeah. plus when you're already the bigger kids, so you're already getting like a little bit of, of torment or, you know, people making fun of you and then put on top of that, like a learning disability, then things can get really bad for you pretty quick. Absolutely, man. You know what, man? So you you understand where I'm coming from on this because you've been through it. Yeah, it doesn't feel so good, man. You know, when it's time to go read and, and you're going into somebody else's classroom and you're the bigger kid and you and you know what? These these other younger kids are reading better than you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I get that 100 percent, man. Yeah, I struggled a lot um, in school. Well, you know, I came, I came to the to the United States when I was eight years old okay. and I didn't know any English. So I'm trying to un understand English and pick it up as, as a newbie, you know? And, um, so all that played in effect and it really held me back, um, you know, in school growing up and I just, I couldn't keep up with everybody. You know, I was just on my program basically where that's all I knew. Yeah. So, do you think like all that, you know, I guess stress that you had when you were a kid is like, did that um, contribute to you gaining the weight in the first place or, Absolutely. or was that like poor eating habits or how did that happen? No, I, a lot of it had to do with, with, uh, with emotional eating, I, I guess you call it. Um, you know, when you come home, you just kind of want to unwind, you know, at, at, you know, you're going to school, it shouldn't be that bad, but when you finally get home, and you kind of just dig in the pantry, you know, one thing after another, man, you're just comforting yourself at that point. You know, I was young and uh, I was very quiet. So I never really expressed any, any emotions. I mean, I could have been having a bad day and I walked past you and you think I'm having the best day of my life because just, that's just me, you know, but I did do a lot of emotional eating that for sure.
It, well, and you can, it's easy to see why people who are younger, like turn to emotional eating like that, because, you know, the farther we go in life, I think the more we realize, like, you have to get past that, like instant gratification and, you know, play the long game. But when you're yes. a kid and you've been, you know, you literally, when you've gone through something like us, like you sit there for an hour in a classroom and you're just terrified that the teacher's going to call on you to read, Yes. you know, and you're like stressed out about that all day. And then you go home and then that food gives you like instant gratification, you know, like instantly it tastes good. You feel good. And yes. you just want to keep that up. So it's really understandable how people, um, especially younger people get into that cycle and then it carries on to adulthood. Um, absolutely but that brings me to the question like how have you been able to deal with that emotional eating because you can't just like snap your fingers and make that go away absolutely not man there's no this this is almost like a recovery thing you know what i mean um you 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 um kind of snap out of it but you're not completely out of it you know mm -hmm. i just i just know for myself i can't have a cheat meal that cheat me that cheat meal would literally send me spiraling probably back to you know probably a week's worth of cheat meals mm -hmm. there's no way I, I can do that you know i can't get myself to do that um just because i know that it's still there you know whether i've lost that much weight or not there's always still that person inside of me that that will want to lean more to it like right now i i can't tell you when the last time i've had a cheat meal I do have like some keto snacks that I make myself, but I know that fits into my, my meal plan, you know, for what I'm doing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I know I would still have a problem if I, you know, decided to open up a bag of M&Ms and just say, Hey, I'm just going to have one. Well, I guarantee you by the end of that night, that still hasn't left my mind that there's still more, more than a half of a bag of M&Ms still in the house. I'm going to probably wake up sometime in that evening and destroy that bag does that make sense yeah i, I mean my yeah. my mind works the same way and i've said a bunch of times yeah. on the podcast like you know i some people call it discipline i just call it like knowing myself in that like i don't yeah. i don't bring you know a family size bag of m&ms in my house because i'll eat that whole bag so like yeah just one of the ways that i cope with that is you know if i'm going you know i just don't keep treats in the house and then if i want something like that bad enough i'll just get up and go get it and i'll buy like a single serve so like say i want m&ms sure. i'll just get up go buy like the regular pack of m&ms and whenever i get it it's with the intention that i'm going to eat them all and yeah then, and then i'm done you know um but Absolutely. i'm the same with you if i went and bought a whole pack of oreos i'd eat the whole thing yeah there, it's just there's no way man that i can just take one and put it in my pantry and say well i'll have another one next week that that bag won't leave my mind, you know, and yeah. it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, man. It, because it becomes to like, okay, well, if I only eat this whole bag, nothing will happen. And, and I'm probably right. Nothing will happen, but that's, that's the thought process that I have. I, I have to finish it. Yep. In all reality, I really don't have to finish it, but it'll still be there. It's just how the mind works, man. One yeah. thing that I think is might be the most inspiring part of your story to me is um, just the fact of like most people don't know where to start their fitness journey. They know sure. something's wrong and they don't know. And that keeps a lot of people from actually starting, you know, like that yeah. holds a lot of people back. And I think for you to have the fortitude just to 
leave that doctor's office, go to your supplement store and just be like, Hey, I need to do what you're doing. You know, yeah. and not immediately go into that quick fix, but going to that guy and saying, Hey, I need to do what you do. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I've dieted my whole life. Well, I thought I dieted, you know, you always see some, some cool diet that's in that everybody's trying, right? Mm -hmm. Man, I ended up losing weight. Yeah, but I ended up gaining more weight than I started off with. And I knew these guys that worked at these supplement shops, man. They're they're like bodybuilders. So they're doing something correct to where they're eating healthy throughout the day. I just need to understand, what is this guy eating? What, what's his whole daily meal plan look like? And I just needed to understand that. Um, obviously, man, um, I'm no bodybuilder, so... I, I needed to make sure it was something that fit into where I can say, okay, I, I'm going to take my daughter out to eat tonight and not worry about, okay, does this portion, is this portioned correctly? Does it weigh this much? It does. You know what I mean? Yeah. To where, you know, I, I had to just figure out what worked for me, man. And, and, and what worked for me and my family, basically, I still have to enjoy myself. I can't feel like I'm on a diet when I go to somebody else's house, if I'm invited for dinner, there has to be something that made sense where I could just eat it, you know, without somebody saying, well, he's on a diet. We got to cook something special for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so one thing I am curious about though, is like, so you started off on this bodybuilding type diet. Yes. Um, did you have success on that diet while you were on I, it? I did. I was losing some weight, but not as fast as I lost when I ditched the carbs, man. And that that's honest. So I was dropping some weight. Um, Man, I, you know, when I weighed in last, it was over around 405, and I stopped weighing myself at that point. When you reach 400, you're, you're not happy to get on the scale at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was dropping weight, um, and plus my calories have changed. You know, going on a bodybuilding diet, now, now I have to eat a certain amount of food where it was definitely not like where I would eat two Big Macs that would be – basically my whole eating day on this bodybuilding diet calorie wise. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was, I was uh, losing some weight, but I just did not feel like it was something I would sustain for, a, for the long run. You know, I knew I would lose weight on it, but somehow I would end up ditching it or making an excuse to why it wasn't fitting into my, which I was making that excuse. It doesn't fit in, in my lifestyle. Like I can't take my daughter out to eat and, and feel comfortable knowing that I could eat this meal and hop back onto that next meal. So, you know, that every diet works if you're consistent with it, but the only way it's going to work in the long run, if you're comfortable doing it the whole time, you know, that not, nothing, you know, is going to be a roadblock in the way and say, well, I can't eat that. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And, and sometimes you have to put it in context, right? Like, so I know that you just did a powerlifting competition. So sometimes yeah. you're, you know, you might go on a specific diet to mm -hmm. um, specifically hit your goals, but yes. overall it has to be like a lifestyle change. And so like, for example, like I'm on a bodybuilding diet currently, but it's only because, you know, I lost a certain amount of weight and then I decided, you know, like I want to take this to the next level. And sure. so I got a coach and, you know, did the whole thing, but that's not what I plan on doing forever and right you know, um i don't know that there is one specific way of eating that i'll do forever i just plan to be mindful about what i eat forever and hopefully you know try to stick to some sort of like whole food type diet whatever i do and i think that you know overall that is the best option is to eat you know just 
things that don't come in packages just eat them you know how they were designed exactly you know that that's one thing man i i, I don't need anything in the wrapper i try you know i try to stay away from those um but you know honestly man like like you were saying you're on a build bodybuilding diet right now mm-hmm. see all these diets like keto carnivore bodybuilding those are all tools for us man yeah. like like you said um, you know, this is something you're doing right now. That's, that's what you're pursuing. I honestly, uh, switch my diet to, uh, keto to where I started adding more stuff because for this power lift me, I was trying to gain weight, you know, uh, believe it or not, man, like who wants to gain weight after losing so much weight, Nobody. But, nobody. Right. But I had, I have to do it right. Um, even though I'm, I'm powerlifting, my body works differently than than most of these guys that could eat, you know, McDonald's and say, "Yeah, I'm going to go knock out this uh, this lift." I can't do that because a lot of that stuff just wants to go to my stomach, you know, and gain the weight there. So I I had to figure out what the portions were for me, man. And uh, in all reality, I only gained six six pounds just to meet that meet that target that I needed to meet, um, but. I had to do it correctly, man, and not just, you know, overeat just because I needed to gain the weight. Yeah, I mean, and you're in a sport where, um, like, power output is king and building the muscle and, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to be in a calorie surplus to be able to build that muscle to accomplish your goals. And so I find that really hard for most people, especially myself, um, who have lost weight, right, because it's very – slippery slope you know start increasing those calories and you know i actually have to be more disciplined and planned out to do a uh, any type of bulk than yes. really to do a cut because that's where you know if i just do like a dirty bulk and i'm eating whatever i want not tracking my calories that's when i gain you know 20 pounds instead of the six sure. that i need to and that's the thing man um a lot of people throw that word out there after they lost weight well i'm gonna bulk now but in all reality, are you really going to bulk? Because you know you know, just as much as I know, man, you're telling yourself, hey, I'm going to kind of get fat again. You know, and that's the reality of it is uh, when, when people throw that word bulk out there, let, let's make sure we know that that's what we really want to do. Because the second the scale moves, you know, that hits you mentally, man. Like, shit, I'm gaining that weight again, right? Yeah. So that that's uh, – it's it's – it's one of those things where it really comes into effect, you know, when the scale does go up, you're like, shit, now, now I'm going up, you know, do I really want that? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I had to really understand myself, man. And, and, and say like, I'm really going to try to put on this weight, but you know, luckily I did it. I did it right to where I just gained the six pounds where I needed to be. And now I'm, I'm going to fluctuate back to, where I need to be. So. so are there any lessons that you took away from that, uh, bulking or gaining in that? Like, absolutely. You know, just, just for me, like one lesson is like, I have to put a defined number on it. Like, you know, I'm going to go up seven or eight pounds and any more mm-hmm. than that, I got to stop, you know? So were there any of those type of lessons that you yeah. took away from it? That's, that's it, man. For myself, I wasn't going to let myself go past 10 pounds, you know, because with the 10 pounds, I could still play with it and, and scale it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, like I said, I only gained, you know, up to six pounds and that's all I really needed to gain. Um, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where I had to throw out a number out there and make sure I was comfortable with the scale going up that high. Cause even if the scale goes up like just one pound, 
it, it plays with you mentally, man. It plays with me mentally. That's why I try to stay off the scale as much as possible. But yeah, I, I just, my goal was up to 10 pounds. Anything past that, I'm overdoing it at that point. So uh, you just brought up a interesting point, um, saying that you stay off the scale as much as possible. Yeah. Why is that? And how, just I guess, how often do you weigh? Um, I normally weigh myself, you know, every, every couple of months unless i'm competing i i've only done two competitions but i really want to know where i'm at the whole time for a competition yeah for sure. um but you know when i was losing the weight man um initially when i was at my heaviest dude you could not be doing anything different you could eat the same stuff for months and weeks right the scale sometimes fluctuates and i always just kind of was beating myself up like what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong why is it going up a pound or two you know but a lot of it i had to learn was water weight as well you know it fluctuates quite a bit you know um so the scale was one of my biggest things i battled man to where i had to actually throw away my scale and say i'm not going to weigh myself anymore when i look in the mirror and my clothes is fitting me better i'm okay you know so it's one of those things that really plays a big part of my life to where I try to stay away from the scale unless I really have to know where my weight is at. Yeah. So it's just like uh, what you said earlier about the diets being the, uh, a tool and the scale is a tool too, right? But that tool Absolutely. can be abused and I'm guilty of abusing it myself. But even still, I, I do weigh myself every day and I do it because in my opinion, the reason that I became overweight is because I didn't pay attention to myself and I didn't pay attention sure. to my health and those type of things. And, you know, I got into that, you know, I talked to my last, last guest about how people get in that repetitive cycle of 10, five to 10 pounds every year. And the next thing you know, you're 400 pounds. And yes. so like, I never want to get in that place again. And so that's why yeah. I jump on that scale every single day. I totally understand, man. Um, like, like you were saying, uh, some people just allow it five to you know, 10 pounds and man, those add up so fast. You have no idea. Yeah. I've been there where I've allowed myself to, you know, in past diets where I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to probably go up five pounds. And then you hop on the scale. Well, you're really 15 pounds now, you yeah. know, that for us, man, our body likes to just get bigger a lot faster than it loses it. So, yeah. um, that's one of the things with me is I'll gain it right away in my stomach, man, whether, you know, I'm eating healthy or not, my portions have to be correct or else, you know, my body starts going back to what it wants. Yeah. I think it's really interesting our, you know, differences on like use of the scale, but we've both accomplished the same thing mm -hmm. in like extreme weight loss and we've done it in different ways. And you yes. know, that's a big thing to take away is that, you know, what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you and vice versa. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I learned a long time ago, man. Um, just because somebody posts a certain thing that they're always eating and they're getting results doesn't mean I'm going to get the same results as that person, you know, because yeah. their metabolism is a lot different. They're on a different journey than I am. Yeah. They're losing weight, but they're probably doing something else. You know, like sometimes people will look at the stuff I eat and they're like, man, you eat so much, <laughs> but in all reality, I'm so active, you know, yeah. I, 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 I unload trucks for a living. So I'm unloading trucks for eight hours a day and then I'm power lifting in the evening time for four or five hours. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. so active 
but I need to refuel myself. So that, I, you know, those meals make sense for what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, th that's one thing I learned is I can't see what you're doing, man, and, and try to replicate it because you're on a different path than me. Yeah, you're losing weight as well and, 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 and doing all this stuff, but there's other things that you do throughout your day that makes those meals make sense for you. Yeah. So I yeah. completely agree. So one thing, you know, I kind of want to move to is we talked about your, your bodybuilding diet. And then, you know, I know a little bit of background of your story, but, uh, one thing that, you know, Mark and Chris are, are big on is the war on carbs. So, yes. so then you, what's that transition? Like, what exactly did you move to from that bodybuilding diet? Um, honestly, man, carbs, what I thought was going to be harder for me to go away from, because now you're telling me I can't eat bread. I can't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was a fat kid and, you know, I love peanut butter and jelly. Fat kids um, can't exist without PB and J, man. Exactly, man. But <laughs> so realistically, like you, you're like, man, I, I can't eat bread forever. <laughs> I can't have rice forever. Well, I, you know, I'm Middle Eastern. So, you know, growing up, man, our meals consisted of potatoes, rice and pita bread. I mean, we're stacking carbs on top of carbs on top of carbs. <laughs> and that's all I knew. Now, now I can't have any of that. Um, but then I, I, I had to figure out, okay, well, I'm eating more meat that I like, you know, I'm eating more steaks. I'm eating more pot rolls. That's actually taken away from a lot of that stuff. And then when I started incorporating like butter and, and, and salt, which on the bodybuilding diet, you know, I, I wasn't able to use a lot of the seasonings and stuff like that. Everything had to be like salt free, you know. Well, that helped me push away the bread because now I'm enjoying stuff that I couldn't have before on this other diet. Mm -hmm. And it it really helped me, man, just kick all those carbs away and say, okay, well, I'm having giant portions of this and I'm adding butter and, and salt on top of it. Yeah. Um, so funny enough, I actually, um, heard on Mark Bill's podcast one time, I think it was Matt Vincent. He said, you know, if you're 300 pounds, when you graduate high school, carbs are probably not your friend. And yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing has ever been more true for me. I mean, I graduated high school, like right at 300 pounds. And, uh, I actually like when I heard him say that like years ago, I was like, maybe I should try this keto thing. And so um, I've done a bunch of different things. Like I did like the 21 day fix from like Beachbody and then I did keto and I did some paleo and I've done a bodybuilding diet now and try to just do some intuitive eating. And, you know, keto was the most successful for me, you know, out of the 130 pounds that I've lost, I lost 70 sure. of that um, just strictly keto and it happened pretty quickly. And you know, I might go back to that at some point. I'm just sure. kind of trying to try everything and see, you know, what works for me and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think next up on the, on the diet train for me is, uh, probably Stan's vertical diet. Uh, I talked to a guy about that on the last episode and, um, been doing some research and I really like it. Um, yeah. so I might give that a try, but so what is your, so are you keto now or are you carnivore? So both. for 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 my body for my uh, powerlift meat, I went completely keto. Okay. And and now I'm scaling it back to to carnivore just to trim down a little bit. But I think um, 
I want to just find a balance between doing keto and, and carnivore, you know, in between just to maintain the weight and, 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 and just feel good, you know, because I, yeah. I realistically, I don't have to cut really. I only went up six pounds and the six pounds isn't really bothering me. I'm still at a good weight to where I feel solid when I'm lifting. It's all about how you feel when you're lifting, honestly, man. Um, you never want to go into one of these gyms like that, man, where you're doing a cut and now you're trying to pull weight that you've pulled at a, at a meet. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. You're not going to have the energy, the, 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 nothing, nothing's going to come up, man. Um, so, um, I just want to find a balance, uh, between, uh, keto and carnivore, you know, where some of my meals might be keto and some of them might be carnivore. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that, man, adding in a bunch of the keto stuff, you know, to where I was making pizzas um, on some nights, and, and all it is is mozzarella cheese and a couple other things. That's what the crust is, you know? So that's what um, I was curious about is, so, like, when you say going kind of back and forth, like, what, yeah. are, what are you adding in? Like, what types of food are you adding in that uh, take you kind of away from that carnivore and more to a keto Basically, diet? Basically, more, more cheeses and and more more fats okay you know where where when you're on keto you're adding in more fats realistically you know when i do carnivore even though i can have some of the fats i basically trim out the fats as much as possible man to where i'm just eating protein okay the whole time gotcha see i i didn't realize that so i thought even when you did the carnivore you were still mainly focused on the fats like eating ribeyes and things like that yeah, I even though I would have them, I just chop them up, man, and, and leave those on my plate. I I just I couldn't get myself to get. I just didn't feel good when I was eating them the whole time, you know. Um, I, I my body just wasn't adapted to that much fat going in it. So I and realistically, I had to go slowly to where I started feeling more comfortable doing the keto thing, man. To where I was adding more fats to my diet. I, I was doing carnivore for so long, man, and my body got used to, okay, you're just eating strictly protein with a little fats added, you know, where I add butter on top of it, and, and that was okay, but as soon as I started adding in all the fats, my, my body started fluctuating, like saying, hey, what are you doing to me right now? Yeah. Um, I really had to, uh, you know, take it really slow, but then when I got to a point to where my body was feeling good, I was getting more energy and I, I don't think I could go away from that right now. It's just, uh, it makes sense, man. Like e even doing the pizzas and, and having my kids around and they're enjoying that, that just made it feel good for me, man. Just like, okay, well, Fridays we can make that pizza night to where I'm enjoying something like that with them, but that's still realistically the healthy, healthiest thing I can eat and it's healthy for them, you know, and they don't know the difference. It tastes like real pizza. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, kind of moving away from the diet and nutrition a little bit how did you um get into the powerlifting world i mean obviously you you lived at one of the most uh <laughs> you know the one of the most notorious gyms in in the country for powerlifting or maybe the world um yeah so how did you get into that so i i never thought in my life i would do something like that i i never this this wasn't something i was planned to do man i just uh so here's what happened is you know I'm I'm a big fan of Mark and Chris from uh, following the documentaries and and then finding them on Instagram and their YouTube. Um, 
Chris makes a lot of documentaries, and I knew there was a documentary he made called The Leaf, Leaf of Faith. It was about the Kratom product that they were selling at the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, he was going through so many treatments, man, where he didn't have any energy at all. You know, you at that point, you get to a point where you're like, man, I just want him to have a little energy just to kind of get up and hang out with his grandkids, you know? Yeah. Um, I had reached out to Chris because I had questions about the product. I, I didn't know, I wasn't too familiar with it. And uh, he actually wrote me back that night, you, you know, and I didn't think he was going to respond to me. I mean, I got up and showed my ex-wife at the time. I said, hey, look, Chris Bell wrote back to me. Um, I was such in shock. So I, I told him what was going on. And he said, hey, uh, come down to the gym and I'll give you some samples. Well, the gym is about 20 minutes away from me. This is somewhere where I wanted to visit like forever, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I have the opportunity of going to see that gym. And, but I'm meeting Chris Bell for the very first time. So when I, when I went to see him, um, he gave me the samples. But, man, I had, to, I had to show him my before and after and say, dude, you changed my life just by fall, you know, me following you of what you're eating. Um, he was blown away, man, that I changed my life by just, you know, basically switching to what him and Mark were eating, you know, just following them. So he invited me to come work out with them at the gym and kind of check it out. Um, I started going there. And again, I was not even really learning about uh, powerlifting at the time. I was just kind of learning how to lift weight. And, uh, you know, Thanksgiving was coming up and the gym manager, uh, Smokey, he, he asked me if I wanted to train on Thanksgiving. I knew I was going to be by myself, man. My dad just had passed away, you know, and I was going through a divorce at the time. So I was like, yeah, man, I'll come. I, you know, I was excited, man, just to keep learning stuff. And while we were stretching, he, he was kind of showing me what to do. And he said, hey, do, have you ever thought about uh, competing in a powerlift meet? And I was like, no way, man. I was like, that's not something I, I would ever do. Um, I don't even know how, you know, how to lift. And he said, yeah, but I'm going to sign you up for one. <laughs> and I was like, you know, at the, I was so shocked, man. I was like, uh, are you sure? Like, you want me to do this? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to sign you up for one. So he wasn't kidding, man. So I come in ne- the next week after Thanksgiving and he signed me up for a power lift meet. And so he actually started showing me, you know, I, I didn't even know how to lay down on the bench correctly, man. I didn't know how to lock in. There's so much that goes into this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not like you just lay on the bench and just put up the weight. There is so much technique that goes into all this stuff. And him and the super training crew, man, just all gravitated towards me, man. And uh, they invited me in just like one of their family members and, and really took care of me, man, on showing me everything you know whether my form was a hundred percent or not they really really worked with me on getting me to where i needed to be for my first power lift meet and uh that that's how it started man i never thought i would be doing that ever in my life and uh now i've done two power lift meets yeah and one one recently right yeah you know for my for the weight class that i was in um for the uh sleeves not the wrap category there's mm-hmm. there's so many categories yeah i got i got uh first place in my in my uh weight class for that 
Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And one thing that really stood out to me is like you messaged Chris and, um, you know, you guys met up and a lot of people, they see these guys on YouTube and on, you know, documentaries and stuff. And they kind of like, they get so fanboy, they forget that they're like real people. Yeah. And, you know, they don't have enough time in their day to talk to, you know, every single fan and all this kind of stuff. But it's just like, it's so refreshing for people to hear a story like yours where you met a person that you've looked up to for a long time and really helped change your life through their content. And then now, like, you know, they're a regular person that you're, you're yeah. with and all this kind of stuff. And so, I mean, that's something that people can take away is just realizing like these people are putting out content. They're just normal people trying to help other people. Yeah, that, that's what it is, man. You know, I, I was so... uh starstruck at first man like the very first time when uh chris said hey come work out with me and mark and that next day you know i'm i'm going to the gym and i'm thinking to myself i'm really gonna work out with chris bell and mark bell i don't even know how the hell to work out you, you know what i mean <laughs> you're like how and, did i uh, get here yeah like like what am i doing but uh dude they're just so down to earth i i i mean they're amazing people man um they they really took care of me very well. You know, I was a stranger to, to them and everybody at the gym, and no one even cared about that. They just uh, they they just said, "Hey, come work out with us," and they don't even care that I didn't know any of this stuff, man. They really took care of me and and you know made me feel welcome from day one. So people would be shocked at how much you know really goes into the powerlifting and the technique like um so that's kind of a little bit what my background is in like i've never done it competitively but that's what i the style of lifting that i've enjoyed most and like you know just locking your lats down on the bench and creating oh, an, yeah. an arch and all these different things like there's so many minute details and you know it's cool that you found a hobby or passion or whatever you want to call it um in powerlifting um yeah is that something that you think you would have done at your heaviest? No, no. And I'll tell you why, man. I, I, you know, at my heaviest, I was still that little kid that was in the special classes where I was quiet. I didn't want to be called on. I don't, I don't want to be in front of a crowd, you know? Mm -hmm. um, powerlifting has changed my life. Like, I can't even explain it to you, man. It's made me so much more confident in myself. Like, now, if I go up there and I miss a lift, okay, I missed that lift. I don't care. I'm not embarrassed, you know? But a lot of times now, I'm so confident, you know, to where I'm learning something new. I'm really out of my comfort zone a thousand percent, man. You know, I know I'm so new and, and my form is off and all that, but I'm still able to go up there in front of people and. And, and give it a shot without saying I can't do that now I know I can do that so yeah. it, it's really changed me and made me more confident man I mean the second you start feeling strength and you and you understand that hey I can do that you got a different mindset you know I, I never thought I was going to be strong enough to do any of this stuff and uh in all reality it's one day at a time you know just mm -hmm. learning it all but it really puts a different mindset on you and 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 helps you man just you know so like you had, don't have you had success in this weight loss journey and it gave you confidence and you know now you're doing the powerlifting has that 
you know, confidence that you gain and the success you've had in your weight loss transferred over to um, other types of success in your life? Now, now I'm more, more confident with just talking to people, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. E even like, um, you know, when I was uh, dieting at first, man, everybody at my work has seen me at my heaviest. I've been at this job for like 14 years, man. So I've been fat for like majority <laughs> of the time I've been there. Yeah. And th this is how, how uh, I was living in the shell, man, basically. I didn't want anybody to know I was going on a diet. I thought people were gonna laugh at me, so I would eat in my car, even in the in the in the sun, man. Like it would be so hot, I would still eat in my car just because I didn't want anybody to ask me any questions. Like, hey, why are you eating this? Is it really gonna help you? That that's how much in the shell I was. Where, where now, man, I'm I'm so much more outgoing. I, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I could stand up in front of people and talk. One of my biggest things, man, that um, they were doing the seminar. Um, at super training um, a while back and uh, Chris and Mark asked me to come up there and tell my story dude that I mean alone just being next to Chris and Mark you're on a different level of, and I'm intimidated yeah. right yeah and now I'm talking in front of the people I don't know so it really helped me come out of my comfort zone man and say dude you're just telling your own story there's nothing there's nothing different you nobody knows you as much as you know yourself right it, it really uh, helped me build my confidence, man, to go away from that shy kid that was in those classes to this is who I really am. I don't need to hide behind anything. I, I mean, I believe it. And I think a lot of people who are overweight, they're like digging themselves in a hole with their confidence that they don't feel like yeah. they can get out, you know, and I would say since I've been able to lose weight, like I'm more confident in my relationship with my wife. I'm more confident, yeah. com confident in my job. Um, I feel like I'm respected more, all these different type of things. And whether that's all like mental or people do actually respect me more, whatever, I don't know, but it changes the way I'm able to do business. It changes the fact that I have a podcast that talking about health and fitness that I probably wouldn't have had when I was 350 sure. pounds or whatever. And so you know, making this change to lose the weight has legitimately changed my life and not just in the sense of being healthy, but in the sense of like, now I love to do things out of my comfort zone that are hard. And before I would have been too worried about being the fat guy that people were looking at. Exactly. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, uh, before when I used to take my daughter anywhere, um, I'd always think, like, even when we go out to eat, is everybody staring at me like what, what I'm eating? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, because I'm the heavy guy, right? Um, but, yeah, you, you, always, you're, you always have that thought because, you know, you do stand out. You're, I mean, dude, when you're 400 pounds, you stand out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not hiding behind any, anything. Um, but, yeah, it definitely does change, you know, your, your, your mindset. You know, it, it really changes your mindset and makes you feel like, Okay, well, I'm normal now. Not that, that anything was wrong with us before, but now you just feel like, okay, I, I could blend in with everybody now. Yeah. Which before, I'm, I'm sure we could blend in with just about everybody, but there's always just that, okay, I stand out. I, so I've always wondered, like, 
were there people really looking that you gave a shit what you're eating or was sure. that just like all in your mind you know like i don't you know look, i don't look at overweight people and say damn look at what they're eating you know i mean i don't i don't yeah. even notice that now you know you know something man um I, i'm with you because if even if though if there's somebody overweight and i never wonder what the hell they're eating because you know what man they're, they're just out to enjoy themselves it really, uh, one thing that really stuck to me, man, when I took my daughter to this ice cream shop a long time ago, man, I was, I was at probably my heaviest and, you know, I'm just ordering an ice cream as well. But from the corner of my eye, I see this lady, uh, recording me or, or taking a picture of me at that point, man, how the hell do you even fucking enjoy anything that you ordered? Yeah. Right. Because in sure. your mind, okay. If I say something to her, regardless, I'm going to be the one embarrassed overall. I'm the fat guy with the ice cream, you yeah. know? Um, so I, I stay quiet, man. My daughter finished her ice cream and, and, you know, we got out of there. I didn't make a scene or anything, but that's just one of those things, man, that you always hold on to. Um, man, I, that was an embarrassing moment for me, even though I wasn't doing anything. I'm with my daughter just to get the ice cream. But that's one of those stories that really stuck to me, man, to where I was like ashamed of myself basically um, because I let myself go. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm shoveling more bad crap into my body. And, you know, this lady's mocking me basically. Well, you certainly don't have to be ashamed or guilty anymore, man. You Thank you. lost a shit ton of weight in your jack. <laughs> Thank <laughs> um, you, man. <laughs> one thing that I think is like, interesting and uh, you know i try to um encourage people to do when i talk to them about losing weight and stuff is you found a hobby or a passion that has that revolves around your, your physical fitness right like yeah uh, so powerlifting. and one thing that i find and notice is that when i'm like kind of down on myself or in a slump and i don't want to follow my diet like i know that i also don't want to be uh, fat for jujitsu, you know, I'm trying to stay in that weight class or I want to lift and I'm trying to, uh, you know, maximize my performance and use it as fuel. And so like, that's just another aspect of my life besides for my health, that is more of a instant thing. Right. So like that, it's kind of like that instant satisfaction we talked about earlier, your health is like the long game, but your weight for that sport or how you feel for the next workout is like the instant gratification. Yes. So like I try to, in my mind, pair it both ways of like, I got to stay healthy for the long term, but I'm in a slump, you know, this one cookie or this one bad cheat meal won't hurt me. And it's like, well, maybe it will on my workout or maybe it will, you know, not making weight or so on and so forth. And so I think it's cool that you've been able to find something similar to that. Thank you, man. Thank you. But you know, one thing is, uh, uh, you just mentioned, um, will that meal kind of affect your workout? Because if you're not eating, honestly, even though you're on plan and you're overeating or, or stuffing something extra, but you got to work out, it does play effect in, into your workout sometimes, you know? Um, but yeah, food's everything, man. To fuel you for your workout or, or, uh, completely crash your workout basically and that that's the way i look at it is you know i'm what i'm putting into my body has to make sense for what i'm doing in my life and for that next workout um yeah but that, that's one thing you, you did mention is uh 
is it going to affect the workout? And and food does affect your workout sometimes, you know, if if you're not prepping correctly for it. So a hundred percent agree. So one thing that I'm always interested in is what has been the most difficult part of this journey? The, the most difficult part of this journey, I think was, uh, was, was me finally, um, just kind of letting go and, and being okay with, uh, wherever I weighed, you know, uh, that, like I told you, man, the scale was my biggest battle. Um, I had to get rid of it because dude, I made so much progress, but if I got on the scale, even though I know it's water weight, I'm like, well, dude, I, I did something wrong. Right. But I, in all reality, I haven't gained any, any actual weight or fat. It's just, uh, that's, that's been the biggest battle. Honestly, man, is, is that weight. I just, I, um, I'll, I'll probably always have that where it battles me. Um, but like, I, like I was telling you, man, I only really lately have been weighing myself if I'm prepping for a competition, just so, because I have to know where I'm weighing, you know, what, what weight class I'm going in. Other than that, um, my meals are so spot on, even though I'm not training for anything that my weight doesn't really fluctuate, um, to where I'm, I'm, I have to hop on this scale. Yeah. So you, it, you seem very, um, like regimented and stand exactly on your plan and stuff. Yeah. Um, but everybody has points where they want to fall off. So do you sure. have someone that helps you helps keep you accountable or it sounds like you have a good team kind of behind you with super training and those guys that Dude, help keep you accountable. You can't ask for a better team at super training, you know, um, that, that those guys are amazing there, man. Um, but in all reality, dude, um, what really holds me accountable is seeing my daughter. Um, you know, in all reality, she changed my life, man. When that doctor was telling me I was dying, dude, I honestly blanked. And all I thought about was, I'm not going to see this little girl go into the first grade, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, fast forward throughout all that, man. And uh, now I have a son as well. And I would have never been able to meet my son. I mean, my, my two kids do it all for me, man. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never, ever, there's no way I could backtrack ever. You know, I, I, I was, I was selfish, man, my whole life to where I wasn't really there for my daughter. Um, not that I never gave her anything she wanted. I gave her everything she wanted, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, around for her physically. Yeah. I was basically going away because of the stuff I was putting into my body. So, yeah. um, yeah, the, the, my kids, man, that, that would be my, my kids really do it for me. I think it's very interesting. You see them as like what holds you accountable because, you know, you can't be there to support them or hold them accountable or, you know, uh, guide them in the right direction if you're not here because right. you know your weight is suffering. So, I mean, that's a really good outlook. And, you know, a lot of people who do make this change successful, deal with like the mental side of things and they also deal with um you know that initial driver that pushes them in the right direction to make them want to be better and reflect on themselves yeah 
you know, so another thing that I thought was interesting, I picked up earlier in your story is you talked about, you know, after I think after you left the doctor, you went out and sat in the car and you just thought like, what have I done to myself? Yeah. You know, on the last podcast, like self-reflection was a big thing that we talked about. So I was really kind of happy or interested that you brought that up because, you know, self-reflection is, is something that a lot of people miss and it's something like mm -hmm. I'm trying to implement more into my life you know I'm trying to take some point in time at each month and just sit there and think like you know how have I bettered myself this month is there anything I could have done better what did I do good and you know give myself a pat on the back where I need to and you know give myself a little pep talk <laughs> where I need to um but so is that self-reflection something that you've continued yeah absolutely man um you know when I, like I told you, I walked out of the doctor's office and I sat in my car. I, I kid you not, man. I was probably in my car for like a good hour, just sitting in the parking lot, just trying to figure out like, what have I done to myself? You know, why is it that I let myself go this far, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I, I always thought salads was dieting, you know, anytime you hear, somebody's dieting they're eating a salad or something right mm -hmm. and i'm like man i've ate so many salads why why can't i get healthy like everybody you know you, i'm really trying to figure out like what the hell was wrong with me for me to get that far to where i even knew i wasn't feeling good and how come i wasn't the one that took the initial step and say hey i got to figure out what's wrong with me let me go to the doctors i had to wait for my ex-wife to actually uh take that step for me and uh, fill out all the paperwork for the doctors and all that. I was really sitting in my car, man, thinking how selfish I was, man, that, you know, yeah, technically I'm around for my daughter, but I really wasn't going to be around much longer if I continued doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that stuff I took away from man, where you do reflect on yourself a lot, you know, even, even like if, you know, you put all your hard work into these lifts, man. And, uh, you go up there and you miss a lift that, you know, you've already done. And you're like, well, what the hell was wrong with me? What, what did I do different? You know, you start kind of picking apart everything and, and trying to figure out where did I go wrong on this lift, man? I just had it right. Um, a, a lot of that stuff, man, it, I, now I, I work on myself by reflecting back and saying, well, how can I, fix this issue instead of it being a problem. So that's awesome, man. So kind of want to wrap up here. Uh, the last question that I ask all of the guests on the show is um, if you could give the listeners just one simple tip that they could implement into, you know, their uh, fitness journey, something they could do today, what would that be? Just keep going, keep going. You know, a lot, a lot of a lot of the things, man, honestly, uh, people are going to tell you, no, don't do it this way or don't do it that way. If you think that's the right way to do it, just keep picking at it one day at a time. And eventually you're going to figure out if it is correct for you or if it fits in for you or not, not somebody else. You know, a lot of the things that we uh, we start off into these journeys, these fitness journeys, we're doing them wrong. We are. But yeah. somehow it feels right to us. Right. Yep. You, even, you know, and uh, with all the research you've done, you're like, no, this makes sense. I have to do it this way. But eventually you get to a time where, every, uh, you know, all the pieces of the puzzle falls into place and you're like, okay, this is exactly how I need to do it now. This is how I need to approach it. 
So whatever it is, man, even if somebody's telling you you're doing it wrong, just keep doing it the way you're doing it until you figure out how to do it correctly. There's no reason to stop or fall off the wagon and say, ah, you know what, I fell off the wagon. Well, it doesn't matter. Just make that next meal, whatever you think might be healthy, and you'll continue to be on that track. That's absolutely right, man. There's so many people that get discouraged and stop early mm -hmm. because they think what they're doing isn't working. But I can promise you, if you make this a lifestyle change, what you start off with will not be what you eat and what, how you yeah. exactly how you do it till you die. It's an evolution that's going to keep changing and changing and changing. And you're going to figure out what works for you. And then even yeah. when you do, that might work for a year or five. And then it's going to change again. Like things are just going to keep evolving. Yeah based on you, based on new research, based on all these different types of things. Absolutely, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. You know what, like you said, whatever you started off with, it's going to change just because now you're actually dialing it in, maybe on a new path, this works better for you. So just keep ticking at it, man. That, that, that's it. You know, don't let anything stop you. Even though everybody's telling you you're doing it wrong, we'll keep doing it wrong until you get it right. Absolutely, man. All right. So very last thing, uh, let everybody know where they can find you on uh, social media. I'm on Instagram. It's at the underscore carnivore underscore chef. And I will vouch for you and say that the stuff on your Instagram looks delicious. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap to this week's show. Um, I want to thank Hadi for being on the show. Um, awesome guest, awesome information oh, thank you. Thank um, you. within the episode. Make sure you guys uh, come back next week and check out the following episode. And make sure you head over to the Instagram, Hungry for Success podcast. Give it a follow. Thanks, guys. That's a wrap. See you next week.